Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm Audrea Greenhoff, and in this interview series, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's newest and most innovative food brands out there to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. Welcome back to the Better Food Stories podcast. I'm your host, Audrea Greenhoff, and in today's conversation, I am sitting down with Theo Lee, the co-founder and CEO of K-Pop Foods. K-Pop Foods is the newest brand helping people discover and enjoy Korean food and flavors. The LA startup, which actually started off as a grad school project, creates deliciously authentic Korean sauces, mayos, and sea snacks. In my conversation with Theo, you'll learn how his grandmother inspired him to start a food company paying homage to his heritage, the role that crowdfunding played in getting K-pop foods off the ground, and what Theo and his team are doing to educate consumers about Korean culture and cuisine, all while building a supportive community of brand advocates. And remember, you could check out photos and show notes to accompany every episode of the Better Food Stories podcast on my website, AudreaGreenhoff.com. Now, on to my conversation with Theo Lee of K-Pop Foods. So Theo, welcome to Better Food Stories. Um, I'm excited to have you on today. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, excited to be here. I can't wait to get into your story. So why don't we start by you telling us um, exactly who you are and what your company, uh, K-Pop Foods, is all about. Yes, so my name is Theo Lee, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of K-Pop Foods. And K-Pop Foods is a Korean food brand inviting people to discover and enjoy Korean food and flavors through our products. Um, the products that we have on the market are, um, our first one was K-Pop Sauce, which we debuted last year in April. Um, we launched K-Pop Sea Snacks, which is a premium roasted all-natural seaweed snack that came out in uh, April of this year. And then and today, actually, we just launched two of our newest sauces, um, K-pop triple X sauce, which is a spicier version of the original K-pop sauce, and then K-pop kimchi mayo sauce. And so, uh, yeah, we launched it through a new box, and so we're uh, grinding away. Very cool. I love it. There is no doubt that Korean cuisine is having a bit of a moment right now. And definitely, I don't think it has gone completely mainstream yet. So talk to us about the quintessential flavors of Korean cuisine and what goes into making like a really good Korean dish. What are some of the flavors to look out for? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think what, uh, you know, Korean food is interesting because when you think of other international foods, you had like sort of Chinese food and Indian food and um, for lack of a better term, a lot of people say they've been sort of Americanized, you know, yeah. typical great item is like uh, orange chicken. Yeah. Uh, Korean food is unique in the sense that it really, um, outside of being fusion, it really has never sort of Americanized or changed. Um, when Koreans sort of came over to the U.S., they obviously came into communities called Koreatowns and kind of made food for themselves. 
And I think it was recently, or not recently, but, you know, about five to seven years ago when Anthony Bourdain really started showing light on um, Korean food through Korean barbecue and sort of our tofu stews and things like that, that Korean food really started to take off. And it wasn't just the food. The timing sort of coincided with Korean pop music or K-pop music um, and a lot of, you know, other things that were happening in Korea. And that sort of created this wave. And through Korean barbecue, sort of the savory, garlicky meats, um, the very popular um, banchan or Korean side dishes, people really start, it, it really sort of just took off and people started to really enjoy the Korean food and flavors, the, you know, sort of the savoriness in the food. Um, and then we started to see people such as Roy Choi, you know, create fusion um, Korean tacos and burritos and and even for me, at first when I saw it, like kimchi quesadilla was a very odd concept <laughs> growing up and always eating kimchi, you know, with rice and other dishes. But when I tried it, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I think it really sort of opened up a huge avenue for Korean food and, and culture. And um, but, yeah, to your point, you know, I think, you know, when you try Korean food, you definitely taste some spice. Um a lot of you know, a lot of the popular dishes are slightly fermented, so that gives it like a unique sort of um, a unique flavor, like very complex flavor. But um, a lot of hot stews, a lot of great savory meats. Um, but yeah, overall everything's great. You know, a lot, a good amount of garlic, I would say. But uh, yeah, I love it. Yes, definitely something that I look for, especially the meat. There's so much like of, like you said, the rich, like smoky kind of meats um, that I enjoyed when I've I've tried it. So it's one of those that if I'm in New York, um, especially, or, or I haven't been out to the West Coast in a while, but it's one that I definitely go out of my way to look for because uh, yes. we don't have, you know, like I said, anything <laughs> like that here. Just like we don't have a lot of Indian um, food or what was another one I tried? Ethiopian cuisine was one that I kind of like went out of my yes. way to look for when I travel because we don't have that here. A lot of other good food in Miami, but not <laughs> Yeah, I guess there's a lot of great food down there. So. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So talk to me about, so you have two, um, you know, your, your two new sauces, your signature sauce, the seaweed pro- um, chip product. So how did you come up with these um, products to start with? Yes. So it all started with our first one, which was K-pop sauce, which is a Korean uh, chili sauce based, actually based on my grandma's recipe. So funny enough, when I was in undergrad at UCLA, my grandma used to, she was always concerned about feeding me. She, she always thought I'd never had enough to eat. Sounds like my um, grandma too. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but not only that, she wanted to make sure, you know, I was eating the foods that, you know, I was used to eating. And so she would always send me this sauce. And, um, you know, one day I was living in a fraternity house and my buddies sort of opened it up and started, you know, use, eating it on their chicken and they just started falling in love with it. Um, and you know, it, it just sort of became a thing. And then it wasn't until, you know, five, four years later when I met Mike Kim, my co-founder at business school, um, when we we're out at Korean barbecue, I started telling him about the sauce and he's like, dude, I got to try it. He tries, he goes, dude, this is exactly what I thought. And that was kind of, you know, where we thought about, you know, building a mainstream Korean food brand and K-pop foods. We wanted to start with something that you know, was sort of easily approachable and could be used on sort of different foods and easily applicable to someone cooking. We were like, this is a good start. And so we started with my grandma's recipe. Um, through 
business school, we had we were able to run a number of focus groups and sort of you know try different things out, tweak the recipe very slightly here and there, and then finalize the recipe. Worked with a food scientist, and then uh, you know hit the ground running, and it all started from there. I love that, and you have an interesting story with where some of your first sales were coming from. You actually started um, selling on Kickstarter. Is that right? Yes, that is right. Talk to me about that. Yes. So, you know, at UCLA Anderson, um, my business school that I went to, the entrepreneurship program was great. And um, the initial concept for K-pop foods was actually a school business plan for one of our classes. And the best part about it was the school actually has a program for your master's thesis where you can actually try to launch the company. And so, you know, at that time, Mike and I had three other teammates that were all really passionate about Korean food and trying to help it get sort of more exposure and really break into America. Um, And when we were sort of sitting and talking about thinking about, okay, how do we want to sort of make a big splash or how do we want to enter the market? We started looking at Kickstarter as a way to sort of help prove our idea, get some cash in the door and, you know, help us out with that first big production run. Um, and the craziest part about the whole thing was, you know, we started really working, focusing on Kickstarter probably in January. We talked to so many people that had run other successful Kickstarter campaigns, um, talking to classmates about ideas for our video, about our marketing plan, about ideas of how we should label it, um, what the bottle should look like, um, and it sort of all came together, and I'm not going to lie, it was probably one of the most nerve-wracking days, the, the day of our Kickstarter campaign. We launched it at like 5 p.m. on April 24th, and uh, lead up to that point, I wasn't able to focus on anything. I was just really stressed. I was like, I really hope we hit our goal of 10000 I hope we don't flop. And the craziest part to me was everyone at the Anderson community really came through to support us because we didn't have enough money to hire a PR firm or anything like that. And, you know, we ended up hitting our goal of $10,000 in the first eight hours of our campaign. Which is crazy to me. That's insane. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it was was a crazy ride. I remember Mike and I didn't go to bed until we hit that $10,000 mark. (laughs) (laughs) We were just sort of talking on the phone, be like, do you think we're going to get there? you think we'll get there? And then we finally hit it. Um, But yeah, you know, we, Kickstarter was huge in that they gave us the project that we love and then a week later featured us as the project of the day. And so we ended up closing our campaign a month later, um, having raised $40,000 for K-pop sauce. That's how we got everything going. That's crazy. And I mean, starting, you know, putting together a Kickstarter campaign is not an easy feat. You know, I think a lot of people, it's easy to look at it and be like, oh, what a great, you know, idea, way to get on that platform to, to make money. But, you know, just to even get people to see you on there is a, you know, feat in itself. So congratulations. That's super impressive that you guys were so successful. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was a, it was a much bigger ordeal than we initially thought. And, um, you know, a lot of the work actually, to be honest, was put up up front before the campaign. I think that was like probably 90% of the work. Um, but, you know, we're really happy that it worked out well for us. Yeah. So you got, I think, you, was it 1,200 backers? Was that what you said? Yes. That's, 1,200 backers. That's crazy. So once you guys launched on Kickstarter and, you know, you got your 1,200 backers, you got some, you know, orders in. 
how has where uh, customers are finding you now, how has that differed? Yeah, so Kickstarter was was great in that I think a lot of it are a lot of the draw we had was in our story, what we were trying to do and the message we were portraying. Now it's a lot harder because now we're really trying to sell a product. Some people, you know, may not be as interested in the brand, um, but they might just be like, oh, you know, I just want to try the sauce. I just want to try the sauce. So I think the hardest thing for us was that, you know, we try to stay online. Um, mainly right now, our main channels are through our website, kpopfoods.com and Amazon. And I think the hardest part about selling food products online is that the person doesn't get a chance to try it. There's no way for them to get a sense for, you know, what to put it on, what's it going to taste like, what's the spice level, um, how sweet is it, or what are the flavors. And you can t- try, you know, your best to describe it in words, but especially for a product like K-pop sauce, which is, you know, use these Korean chili paste or gochujang, um, which, you know, not definitely not everyone has tried how you sort of describe that and so it took a lot of time and a different a lot of different trials we worked with influencers celebrity chefs and the thing about working with them was that they did a very good job of explaining the flavor of the sauce and the ingredients and how it was used in korean culture and that helped us a lot and we realized quickly that our marketing had to incorporate a lot of the educational aspect um, thinking about blog articles, video content, our Instagram account, trying to educate our consumers, but at the same time make it fun and engaging and um, you know visually attractive. And that's where things started to grow. We were also you know very lucky to do a number of great partnerships with some great companies, and that um, definitely you know grew our audience and grew our brand and our product. Yeah, that's so such a challenge for a lot of of I think restaurants and food products because it is it's how do you describe something that you can't necessarily smell or taste or even like touch or look at through the computer so that's definitely a challenge and especially I think for like you mentioned it's some ingredients that not everyone is completely familiar with are you sharing um ideas on how people can use the sauces for instance in everyday like do you have recipes and things like that yes absolutely we uh we love partnering with you know influencers that have come up with some great recipe ideas with our product um and then we focus a lot on our blog talking about you know new recipes and recently we brought on um chef chris O, who's a celebrity chef here in la he's opened a number of restaurants and recently opened up chingu in hawaii and he's been huge in helping us think about new recipes and new ways to incorporate k-pop sauce into foods and his new sauces as well um and so yeah we focus a lot on creating that video content we we try to do things a little bit differently a little more like our brand which is a little more fun and lively um so our recent video actually that we launched um last week um is actually a music video of a girl cooking kimchi fried rice with k-pop sauce but the music in the background while she's cooking is actually created from all the sounds that she's making in the kitchen while making the dish. That's so cool. I love yeah. that. <laughs> it was actually Chris's idea and we were able to, you know, tweak some things and bring this whole project to light. And thus far it's been great. Very cool. So I, I like that you mentioned, um, we talked a little bit about your branding and that kind of brand story. When it comes to, what your core brand message is. You mentioned when we chatted via email that 
you're bringing where your mission is to bring people together and uplift spirits by sharing Korean food and flavors with America. And then you also <laughs> talked about a sort of an internal model that you have spark the moment. Talk to me about um, both of those and how that's influenced, um, you know, everything from how you're marketing your brand to how you're appearing on social media and, and all of that. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, so I'll start with the first one. So sort of our big company model, and this has been the model for us since day one, um, when Mike and I first started talking about K-pop foods was this idea of bringing people together and uplifting spirits. And it really stemmed from the idea that, you know, in the beginning when Mike and I used to take all of our friends to Koreatown, um, to eat Korean barbecue or Korean food, it was always a very diverse group of people. And what we realized is when you're having that meal, especially with Korean food, where it's it's a little unique in that it's very family style, like everyone's eating off the same plates and things like that, and you're sharing the same grill. Um, it, it really does bring people a lot closer together. It brings a wide variety of people together. And the unique thing about Mike and I are, are, you know, we're both Korean Americans and grew up, you know, obviously in de- separate, different families. But the things that our parents were sort of instilled in us was this idea about combining food with family and friends and bringing everything together. Um, and that really stuck with us. And that was something that was very important to us. And that's really had a big impact, you know, on our brand and how we view things. We want to make everything inclusive. We really want to spark this idea of, you know, lifting people's spirits up through food and having fun, enjoying life, um, and, you know, meeting new people and, and friends. The, the second piece, um, you know, spark the moment is really an internal thing. As our team started to grow, the, and it, I can't remember exactly how it came about, but we were sort of talking about, oh, you know, billboard sayings and, um, you know, we're working on like an investor pitch deck and, we had to sort of think about, you know, what would you put on that deck? And, you know, one Mike, or, Mike and I were like, what about just spark the moment? Because the way we sort of always view these events or anything that we're sort of digging into, whether it's an Instagram post or video content or if we're at like a, a food sampling event, we want it to be special. and We want to figure out a way that when K-pop foods is there that it's a memorable experience or a good experience that you can at least smile upon when you think back on it. And that's really pushed us to really sort of execute at a sort of another level and really think things through and go a little bit deeper than what we would normally do. Um, and so it's really an internal thing. But as we continue to grow, you know, we're getting some opportunities to help out with some larger food events, um, getting opportunities to actually just market the event as well and incorporate our products into it. And so we're always thinking about, okay, how can we make this event, you know, how can we make this moment special for people that are there? How can we serve our community better? How can we serve our fans, um, you know, our customers um, and the K-pop foods family? How can we make that moment special? So we're always thinking about that. I love that. And I think it shows like with looking through your website and, and kind of the language and everything that you're using, you do have that kind of like fun and friendly and familiar um, attitude Thank you. So I know you guys are still a fairly new company, but as a food entrepreneur, you um, are out there kind of in the trenches, so to speak, of the industry today. And the food industry, it seems like, has changed a lot in a very short time. Um, What makes you excited about being in the industry today? And where do you think maybe there's still room for improvement? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I think that, 
biggest thing that really sort of changed things is, um, and, and it's been going on for a while, but is the idea of sort of content, visual content. Um, you know, I, I think we always used to be, you know, I really remember growing up and being able to watch the Food Network and seeing food shows. But now you've got Instagram, you've got people taking photos and videos of recipes and cooking. And what this has done is it's brought a new avenue for us uh, for new food or more ethnic food to sort of be presented in a way that people can learn about it and take a look at it and see it. And I think that helps a lot in getting that exposure out there. And then the second piece, I think, is really the technology. I mean, we're seeing some crazy technology in food. Um, and it's things that, you know, obviously, you know, our company is looking at as well. We just haven't had enough time to really dig into it. But, you know, we're seeing a lot of investment into ways to make food sustainable, ways to, um, you know, think about different ways to create protein, such as Beyond Meats, you know, the meatless uh, meat yeah. company or Impossible Foods. Um, there's always constant innovation and constant ways of thinking of, of new flavors, new ways to do things. And, and I think that's a great thing. I think it's making the food better. It's making the food tastier. And I think that is really, you know, I think any company that's in the food industry, you always have to be looking, okay, how can we do things better? How do we change this? How do we create this new flavor? And I think a lot of this, that's why we're so thankful to have someone such as Chris on our team because, you know, working in the restaurant, he sort of saw people firsthand. How do they like my food? How did they like this new dish that I came out with? And he brings that experience to us. And so he's really helping us drive sort of the forward thinking of what are the next things that we should be thinking about the new products. And I think a lot of people will get that in our kimchi mayo, which is, um, I think one of the, it's, I know that there's maybe one other one out there, but I haven't seen too many, come out with a kimchi mayo sauce so i'm really excited for that one and then we've got another sauce coming out in january called um k-pop honey glaze sauce oh that sounds really good yeah and so um you know i'm really excited about it but we're always thinking of new ways and trying to stay on that trend yeah definitely i think it really is an exciting time especially to your point that you mentioned you know blogs and and social media has made it possible for for kind of smaller um kind of less mainstream companies to come out and really have a big impact and that was kind of the idea for this podcast i think there's so many people like yourself that are doing such cool things and you know being innovative in this space and i it gets me so excited like to tell those stories and to learn about you know different ways to experience food we're super appreciative of, you know, companies and people such as you that are helping shed that light and, and, you know, bringing us to the masses. And so I think it's great. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about your journey. I know that this um, business kind of sparked, you mentioned you were in business school, um, mm -hmm. but you also mentioned that it's the first business that you started before K-pop Foods did you know that entrepreneurship was something that you wanted? It was the food industry something that you thought about? Talk to me about that. Yes. So um, before I got to business school, I actually worked four years in finance and banking. Um, specifically, my last two years were in the energy finance side. Um, so totally outside of the food. Yeah. Food. And But the best thing about that was I got to meet a, a ton of entrepreneurs. A lot of our clients were entrepreneurs that had started energy companies. And um, I got to learn a lot about you know business and finance, obviously. And that was the big fundamental piece that sort of got me um, 
you know, got me thinking about, you know, one day I would like to start a company. I understand the finance side, but I need to understand marketing, operations, a lot of other pieces. And that's what forced me sort of to think about going to my, to get my MBA at UCLA, um, Anderson. And then while I was there, I was fortunate enough to get an internship at a fintech startup um, that I ended up working for for a year and a half as a manager of finance. And, you know, coming from, you know, the banking and finance world and working at a company, you, you, you pick up and learn a lot of things. And at that time, my mentor, he'd come from Disney. So the company was sort of set up in sort of a corporate structure. So I was able to gather a lot of insights and also build a lot of my own opinions about how a startup should sort of operate. Um, combine that with the education I received at UCLA Anderson through my professors. Um, you know, I, I'd always known I wanted to get entrepreneurship. I didn't know that it would happen this quickly and it would be K-pop foods, but I'm really glad it did. And I'm loving it. Um, every day is something new. I'm learning something new, learning how to manage things differently. Um, trying to improve myself and trying to think about how I can, um, you know, do something different and achieve something differently. Um, but I'm, I'm enjoying it, but you know, we've definitely made a lot of mistakes and, and we try to learn from everything and take a step forward and, um, and grow. Yeah. Well, this has been so much fun. I've loved getting to know you and thank you for sharing your story about how all of this got started. Before we wrap up, I'd love to do some kind of rapid fire style questions. Are you up for that? Yeah, let's do it. Sounds okay, fun. Cool. So number one is what is your favorite day of the week and why? Favorite day of the week and why? You know, I'm not going to lie. This is a weird one, but I'm actually going to say Mondays. Um, I'm a morning person, so I like to wake up pretty early. And I think Mondays are great because it's sort of that start of the week. And, um, you know, I like to come in as early as I can on Mondays and really sort of think out the week and sort of say, okay, this is a new week. You know, maybe last week things didn't go the way as planned, but this is a fresh start. How can we think about things differently? What's the schedule? How can we make sure we, we crush it that week and, and continue to grow? That's great. I love uh, – a few people have said Mondays, and I love that that sort of <laughs> speaks to the entrepreneurial mindset, right? Like Monday gets Monday gets a bad rap, but I think, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're running your own business and doing, you know, hopefully what you are enjoying, then it's probably exciting. So I love that. Number two, what is the last TV show or movie that you watched? Uh, you know what? The, the last movie, I just watched um, Creed 2 on Sunday, oh. and that was absolutely awesome. Um, I'm a huge Rocky fan. My dad grew up watching Rocky, and I'm pretty sure when I was like one or two, my dad had me watching those movies already. <laughs> so to see it come full circle, but honestly, a great movie. And then TV show, um, I actually, I have recently started watching the new show, The Manifest. Oh, okay, yeah. I started watching it too. What do you think? Uh, I'm into it. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited. I'm really interested to see where this thing goes. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. I think it's a great show. Definitely check it out. Cool, yeah. I'm enjoying it too. Were you um, ever big into Lost? Yes, and I see a lot of similarities. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a little twists and turns and some differences, but I, I definitely see the connection. Yeah, I, I started watching it because someone mentioned that it sort of had kind of like a same, you know, not a same storyline, but sort of similar kind of themes and mystery around it. So I was a huge fan of Lost until the very end, but we won't get into that. <laughs> but um, yeah, hopefully this one won't disappoint. Very cool. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, number three. If you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? Oh, three foods. Like, can I say like like Mexican food, or would it be like burritos and tacos, or? I mean, it's up to you. But if there's any kind of like dish that you could think of, that would be cool. You know what? Like, I, I, I'm a huge breakfast burrito person. I've been eating breakfast burritos, you know, my entire life. So that's definitely one of them. Okay. Uh, um, number two would be. Oh, I'm Obviously, Korean food, Korean barbecue. Um, I love kimchi and I love the meat. But if I could only choose one, it would definitely be pork belly, actually. I'm a huge fan of pork belly. Okay. And then number three, this one's going to probably throw you off a little bit, but it's actually gummy bears. Okay. That was a curveball for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but that's kind of like my treat to myself. Anytime I'm like, you know, having a rough day or something and or just trying to quick celebration like I love just eating gummy bears I don't know why it is that way because I I don't normally have a sweet tooth but something about gummy bears (laughs) yeah I used to eat them a lot as a kid and I'm not I mean if they were around I would definitely eat some not hating at all on gummy bears very cool (laughs) and number four what's one thing most people would never guess about you yes um you know, actually, one thing that not many people know about me is um, about two years ago, I started training, um, picking up Krav Maga, um, Israeli self-defense fighting, mm-hmm. as a way to sort of work out. And um, now that I've been doing it for about a year and a half, two years, I, I consider myself pretty good at it. So I started sparring and doing some more of the advanced classes. But a lot of people didn't know that about me. Um, and uh, it came up because someone was asking me how I was dealing with all the stress and everything like that. And I told him, oh, I started training in Krav Maga. And it kind of blew his mind. Cool. He was like, yeah, he's like, I thought you would just work out or something. I was like, no, this is better because I'm with other people. And when you're doing it, it, it kind of allows you to de-stress and take your mind off of work and other things. Yeah. And so I really enjoyed it. I got a great team of instructors at Krav Maga Worldwide here in L.A. And so I really enjoy that. Well, this has been so much fun. Before we sign off, where can people learn more about you and K-pop foods? Yes, yes, please. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, come check us out at www.kpopfoods.com. You know, we've got all the information about our company there, our products, and um, some of our newest content. So check it out. And we're also on Instagram at kpopfoods. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this interview. If you want to check out more interviews in the Better Food Stories series, you can follow me at Audrea Greenhoff on Medium or visit audreagreenhoff.com. I'm also Audrea Greenhoff on Twitter and Instagram.